wine and then on the big day of his largest feast yet he rolled himself in a ball and oh what a feat he's one with the meat he's the only meatball man oh become one with his many meats he was still hungry for yet more he scoured the land for all the meat he could roll up in an engorge and then the poor doomed people saw him in his might took him in as their own god now blood will be paid sacrifices made to the And that's a song that uh, we found. Joe said, let's find something to do with meatballs for the intro. So I typed in meatball song. And uh, there's a gentleman on YouTube named, one moment, Kiefer is Awesome. And he uh, he made this song called Tale of the Meatball Man. And the reason we chose that is... Uh, to pay tribute, oh, you might hear it playing right now. Uh, <laughs> is to pay tribute to Buffalo's newest celebrity, Donnie Meatballs, Don Granado. I love the nickname. I, I like it too. Love the nickname it works, mm-hmm. and the name isn't the only thing that works when it comes to Don Granado because the, this man's coaching style. His coaching style works. Oh, yeah. I I am in love with Don Granado. I think I am too. This man has my heart. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah. Well, I mean what what a turnaround. Um I I was just saying to you before we came on, I mean, my my tone, my tenor has completely changed since last week. I mean, last yeah. week I was kinda yeah, yeah, you know, keep Don Granado keep keep him on the staff. Keep him on keep him on the staff, you know. Yeah. No, I want him uh you know, I want he's the big cheese now. Mm-hmm. He's the guy. He's yeah. the guy. He's not just a meatball. He's the entire feast. Mm. I I could see it after even like after a week because I remember he said, "Give it a week." He said to the players, "In a week, you'll be a better team." And man, oh man, this guy knows what he's doing because in a week they were a better team. Mm-hmm. All of them were playing a different style, and yeah, it didn't work right away because he had one day he didn't even get a practice. Adams was coaching because him and I think it was Ellis were in COVID protocol. Stuff was happening, but got a few practices in. They were better conditioned because Kruger wasn't running these guys for the ringer in practice. They're a much better team. They're improved. Everyone is improved across the board. Literally every single player besides like Cody Eakin. I think the biggest difference in play has, it, it's got to be Dalene. Yeah, he I mean, looks like a different player. He looks like a number one defenseman. He though. looks like the SHL prospect Dalene that mm-hmm. was lighting up older guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yoki Haru, mm-hmm. like Dalene Yoki Haru looked lost, mm-hmm. and when Granado put them together, I was like, interesting. Okay, let's see how it works out. And man, they look like a legitimate top pairing defense defense pair. It looks it looks great. And then you look at the ATM line, Asplund, Middlestat, Thompson. Come on, like I, I was skeptical about the line. I think we've talked. We, like 
the topic of having a young line comes up sometimes. And I was like, mm, I don't know, because especially putting Middleset and Thompson together, I'm like, okay, they're not the best defensively, but it works. The line just flat out works. And every game, one of them is scoring. Asplund, that guy works hard. That guy, he's a bulldog out there. He he's he's a grinder. Yeah, he's like I he's in there. Think... He's in the the tough areas. He's uh, no, he's getting into those crowded kind of situations, and it's it's pain off. He's scoring him. goals. Thompson's mm-hmm. scoring goals. Look, Thompson's confidence is very high. He's mm-hmm. the only guy in that line where I'm skeptical still, mm-hmm. because we've seen a full body of work from him especially even this year where it just wasn't good. But I think we we always just assumed that Kruger was stifling the offense from the defenseman. But it sure looks like he was stifling offense from the forwards as well. And we are seeing that firsthand. Middlestat looks like a true top six forward at this point. Like he, he looks great. I, it's lots of excitement now because of Donnie Meatballs. Donnie Meatballs, you know, it's no, just a lot of positivity right now. Uh, this team, it, they've become must watch again. You got to tune in, right? It's fun. It's a, it's a fun way to spend your night is watching this team. It's exciting watching the young guys uh, continue to do good. And how crazy is it for for I mean, two episodes now, we've been talking about how good the young guys have been playing, and like this team hasn't received that level of consistency. I mean, I. What, seriously, I mean, I don't think the 10-game winning streak even lasted this long. Well, like, the thing is, the 10-game winning streak, we all knew it wasn't for real. Especially right. when Kruger was the coach, we had a feeling like, okay, we, this is just a repeat of last year. When Housley was the coach, when they won the 10 games in a row, the underlying numbers told us this isn't for real. They were behind in these games. They came back. But they're coming back now, but mm-hmm. they— it looks much better. Like, yeah, maybe the analytics are telling us that there's some regression that is in store, but they look really good. They, they look, do. They look good. And I can't help but think, what if they would have fired Kruger after that Philly weekend where they got shut out back-to-back games? They would have had nine games in between those games and when Kruger actually got fired. Maybe they'd be in the race. Probably not, but you never know. The Pagulas need to subpoena Ralph Kruger because that man stole money from them right under their nose. I don't think there's any better word for it than snake oil salesman. Mm-hmm. Just it's insulting that he was able to hang around the NHL for so long. Yeah. He should have been fired when Botterill got fired. I... It's just mind-boggling to me. And, like, yeah, if they didn't keep Granado, as, if they didn't keep Kruger as the coach, Granado probably doesn't get the job. He probably isn't even considered. The only reason Granado was, has the interim tag is because he wasn't a steamy hot pile of trash like Steve Smith. Right. So maybe it was a blessing in disguise because it looks like they've found themselves a really quality head coach. He is the anti-NHL coach. Yeah. He's the anti-coach. Well, see, I don't think we've had this long of a streak of episodes where it's positive. there's this much positivity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's how I wanted to conclude my point about... The meatball, man. The meatball, well, yeah, about the uh, the bringing up the winning streak and stuff. Uh, no, we haven't had 
discussions like this about young players actually performing well in probably ever. I don't think that's unrealistic. Not in the history of this podcast, right. that's for sure. Well, uh, another piece of news, Dustin Tokarski. First star of reviving the week. His, he has to be the Sabres nominee for Masterton. Every team gets a nominee, right? Yeah. Um, I imagine they I, do. I feel like, yeah. I, I don't see why he wouldn't He be. hasn't played since 2017, I believe. Mm-hmm. Hasn't won a game since 2015. He's been... Jack Eichel was not in the league when... Dustin Tokarski last won a game. Oh, he might have been. I'm not sure which part of 2015. Well, I'm trying. It was 2015, wasn't it? Yeah. Was it 2014, 2015, or 2015, 2016? I don't know. It was probably 14, 15. Yeah. Because he was coming off of the, the playoff series. Montreal. With Montreal. And that was probably the last time he was seen as a mm-hmm. legitimate goaltender. But he's kind of taken, uh, it's super early to say this, but you know what his journey reminds me of so far? And hopefully he can stay on that path? Jack Campbell. He wasn't the high draft pick, yeah. but he's he's been in the ECHL. He's been everywhere. He's journeyed around the minors, and now he's back here, and he's keeping us in games. He made 45 saves a few uh, nights. It might have been a couple weeks ago. He looks good. He looks good. And now let's remind everyone, keep our standards high. This is a right. journeyman right. AHL goaltender. We don't. I'm not saying he's the backup, but... And saying he's better than Carter Houghton isn't saying much. Yeah. But he's turned out some good, surprising performances. And he is under contract for another year. So if he's in Rochester, if there's an injury or two, like you're comfortable having Dustin Tokarski as your third goalie. Mm-hmm. Uko Pekalukinen is, is back up tonight against the – who the heck are they facing? Are they facing the, the Bruins? Bruins. At 6.30. Interesting. Why is it at 6.30? Is it on NBCSN? I think it's on NBC and NBCSN. It's on NBC? I think so. It's on multiple. For what purpose? It's you ever see multiple. that TikTok? Why? Why would it be? Let's see. That's I'll, strange. I'll confirm. What it did was was Law and Order canceled for the night or something? Oh no, it's not on NBC. Oh. NBC is on MSG and Nessun. So it's on MSG too. Yeah. Interesting. Well, that happened with one of our games earlier this season. Mm-hmm. I think against the Flyers. One of the Flyers games was on both for whatever or Island Islanders might have been. I don't know, but they did that weird yeah but good uh, for dustin takarski very good for him first star i don't know if i said this first star of the week in the nhl when was the last time the sabers had a first star of the week had to be jack eichel or jeff skinner oh yeah right definitely jack eichel had the 17 or 18 game point streak Mm. last week last year last year sorry uh so that I think he he had to have been first starter then, but it's funny because like I just seen on Twitter people saying like the Sabers have not had any anybody on the first three stars since October of 2019, I think, <laughs> of the week. Jeez. So, props Good to Dustin Karski. I I just want to talk about Dining Meatballs again really yeah. quick. I know there's some skeptics still out there about him. But imagine, I tweeted this out earlier, if Bruce Boudreaux was the Sabres interim head coach right now, everyone, literally 100% of the Buffalo Sabres fan base would be clamoring to make this guy the full-time head coach. I've seen enough. I do think they should do their due diligence and interview other candidates. But I, if you've been listening to this podcast, I've been banging on the drum for this type of coach for so long. An offensive-minded coach who embraces fun and he said on the radio this morning if you are not if you're losing you sure as hell better be entertaining Mm -hmm. 
he is the anti-coach. And yeah, okay, let's go get a coach that's like Don Granado but has experience, the best of both worlds. Good luck. Because there's more coaches in the NHL that are closer to Ralph Kruger, maybe not to, to that extreme, but closer to Ralph Kruger where it's defense, 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 defense. If you want Claude Julien as the coach, I don't know what to tell you because it's going to be painfully similar to what we've had the last four years, six years, seven years. It makes you think, you know, had this move been made earlier, it's like the the Blues, yeah. A few, right? I mean, they they wouldn't win the cup, but I mean, they wouldn't. Well, they sure as hell wouldn't go on the the. If you stopped the losing, if you if you if you fired Kruger at seven games in that losing streak, right? Mm-hmm. You probably still could have salvaged something a little less embarrassing. Would they be where the Rangers are right now, or at least close? And, and they probably could have been because the Rangers didn't start out too hot. Yeah, but you know, the Blues fired their coach. Was it Mike Yo? Who they it fired? It was Mike Yo. Yeah, and then Craig Berube came in. Right, and but healthy Jack Eichel. Yeah, Jack Eichel's healthy. Allmark doesn't go down multiple times. McCabe doesn't get hurt. What happens? They're probably in the hunt. And don't have to worry about a COVID pause. Did you see the stat that without the 18 game losing streak, the Sabers are well at this point? I think they're 12, 10, and two mm. without the losing streak. I don't know. So. Of course, revisionist history. You don't want to go down that dark wormhole, but hey, they got a, they got a good coach. They do. They, they, the Pagulas fell backwards and lucked into a good coach and again. I, I think what's evident here is we have a coach. Is it bad that I'm saying we that I refer to them as we? Nah, who cares? Okay. I think it's that they have a coach that clearly it's been demonstrated he can relate to the young players. Well, that's his background. Mm-hmm. College coach. Uh, U.S. development team, multi, and it's not like Don Granado is just some random college coach who just came up and became the Sabres coach. He was an assistant two years in Chicago before Buffalo, and he was an assistant for most of two seasons in Buffalo. Now he's the he's got the interim tag, and I don't think that um that's going away anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so good for Donnie Meatballs. I'm I'm happy for him because he does seem like a stand up guy. And when he, but the best part is what he says in his post game scrums, Zoom calls, and his appearances at, on WGR. It gets backed up on the ice. Like you would see with the previous coaches. Oh, we want to play up tempo hockey. We want to play fast pace. We want to. We want to score goals, this, this, and that. Kruger would be saying, oh, dallian has got the green light, but it wouldn't show on the ice. Like, the talk is backed up, and that's what makes me happy. The best part is the young, the, the performance of the young players, 100%. Yeah, I think that's that's all we wanted to see from, from these guys, and maybe we'll get a look at a few more of them here as the season nears its conclusion. I mean, only, are there only two weeks left? The season, two or three, two or they've three got weeks. they've got less than fifteen left, I think. Yeah, yeah, they got to be up to game forty five or something. Mm-hmm. And also, Dylan Cousins mm-hmm. looks great. Sam Reinhart looks really good at center. Uh, R two Rutzelainen, this guy can score. Victor Olafson looks like he's playing better five on five. Anders Bajork, 
I call him Anders Bjork because my girlfriend calls him Anders Bjork and it sticks. But Anders Bjork, um, he looks like a pretty decent player as well. He looked very, very good in the Bru- the Bruins games. Uh, not almost not, got the overtime winner. Yeah, not nearly as good in the Pittsburgh games. So maybe to temper your expectations there, but. He I'm, looks like a like a player that is useful, so that's nice. I'm surprised at how many people now are bringing up Danny Briere comparisons. Have you been seeing this too? Yes. It's like, whoa. And you said that to me. Yeah, I said uh, And I thought kind like, of you know, like... I'm not saying he's no, going to be saying Danny Briere, but like, I was saying like... Oh, the trade be, looks like that. Wouldn't it be nice? And I asked my grandpa like what people thought of the Danny Briere trade when it happened because... Mm-hmm. I, we were toddlers when that happened, mm-hmm. and he said a lot of people didn't like it. People were were like, "Oh, who's this guy, Briere coming in?" And I don't know; it's too early to tell if that's going to be the case here. But that'd be, but that'd be something. No, but I, I get it. I mean, and plus, I mean, team never made trades anyway, so yeah, it's easy to look at it like that. But he looks like a useful player. He does. He does. He can probably play up and down the lineup. He looks. He's skilled. It seems like he might be a little too confident right now. That's what I noticed in the Pittsburgh games. He was trying to do too much with the puck. If he simplifies his game a little bit, I think he's going to be a really nice player for this team going forward. Well, one thing that I've noticed, and maybe this is just that, obviously the guys feel more confident and there's they have the reins off a little bit, but there is a serious increased number of odd man rushes from these guys. Mm-hmm. They're a lot so, from the middle stat line. They're so much better in transition. Yes, Yes, absolutely. That's and it. That's stat, what's creating it. Middle stat is a part of that because he's skating up the ice, rips a shot. He uses a shot now. That's another big thing here. The snipe that he had a few games ago that I could not goal. watch. Short goal, yes, against the Capitals. Mm-hmm. Beautiful stuff. Yeah, he shouldn't get. You shouldn't give up on young players. No, I'm just saying. But but no. Uh, I mean that goal was in transition. Then the roots lining goal. Guy's got a bomb of a shot. Against. I don't want to say he makes Olafson expendable, but he makes Olafson expendable. Well, you know, Olafson has looked out of place since Don Granado. Where do you put him? That's my thing. You don't really want to put him in the top six. That's but right. He can't he... defend. Yeah. I mean, he... he does, I will say, he looks much better five on five lately. But the with not having Jack Eichel around, the power play is still. Off garbage, horrible. Uh, and well, see about the Jack Eichel thing. I think this buys us some time. This buys Sabres some time, right? I uh, he's I, probably itching. Jack Eichel's probably itching to get on the ice mm-hmm. with with this coach, the, with these guys. You're 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 steaming. You look like a volcano right now. What do you want to say? Oh my god, what they look like a good team now. What do they need? They need a superstar, Jack Eichel. They have it. But it's infuriates me that the first thought that comes to some people's mind is, "Oh, now we can trade Jack." No, no. You have your superstar. You, you have literally. He's under your nose. Keep him. Put him back in next year. You have to see what you have with Eichel on this. They on have this, a year before stat. his no move kicks in. Take that. And try and make the playoffs next year. You, they have a chance to build a good team. Mm-hmm. They're playing 500 hockey since 
the end of the streak, right? I mean, well, yeah. well without the streak happening, they're playing. They have options. They have center depth. Let's not forget Zemis Gergensen's is going to come back next year. Right. Now, Don Granado said earlier today that he's not going to, he doesn't see a reason to put Reinhardt back at the win. I'm glad you brought that up. Now, That's I was you can next. go Eichel, Reinhardt, Cousins, and Middlestat as your four centers. Mm. What? Mm. What team? What team has that centered up? Tell me right now. None. You know, we've been debating a solution. So I'm not. I'm, I'm talking as if things have truly turned around. But, but there's hope. There's hope. There's hope. There's certainly hope. And you know, we were wondering what the solution is, just for better play, right? Just for just yeah. for the team to play better. And it was right under their nose the whole time. You had the coach already on the staff. You had the second line center already on the wing, playing out of position. Middlestat was playing out of position. Right. And you know what? You know what else they did? They brought in veteran guys instead of using these youngsters. Mm-hmm. Middlestat could have been here the whole season. And it's not like he was a revelation under Granado either. He was playing well under Kruger as well. All of this was right under their nose. All of it. Like it could have they've if they wanted to, they could have been a really good team this year. I really think. Eakin is healthy scratch. He got benched. He's going to be healthy scratch tonight. He got benched in the last game, barely played. God-awful. Wave him. Do not put him on the team next year. Oposo had surgery on his cheek, another head injury. Does he decide to hang him up? I don't think he's going to. But hypothetical, if Oposo does decide to hang him up next year, and that's $6 million of cap space, you wave Eakin or you buy him out, another little bit of cap space, you dump off Ristolainen somewhere, that's six about $6 million in cap space, now, all of a sudden, your lineup shifts down. If you keep Reinhardt at center, you can go Skinner, Reinhardt, Olofsson if you want to keep that line together. Then your third line can be Bjork, uh, Rutzelein, and Cousins. And then your fourth line is the ATM money line, Middlestat, mm-hmm. Asplin, Thompson. Now you got Eichel as your top center. you got cap space to fill in those two wings. Do they want to put Gergensen's with Eichel? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe put You have flexibility. Yeah, you have flexibility. Mm-hmm. You can do – there's a blank canvas here. And Granado, I trust him to be the painter. Yes. To make He's these – He's the Picasso. <laughs> the meatball, man. The meatball, I, yeah. I trust him that he can – because you've seen it. You've got good pairs. you got good lines. It's just – Oh man, he it, has, there's excitement. I'm, you can feel the excitement in the air. You can I'm, feel it off the screen on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, there hasn't been this much excitement surrounding the Sabers in this in the Charging Buffalo podcast studio in no. the four and a half years we've been doing this. Just think about the 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 potential. Okay, like let's say the team really does catch on with Granado. Okay, let's say next year Granado's here. They're off to a twenty, a twenty-two, eight and three start, right? Let's let's just say that. Think about all of the the local endorsements that'll go on. Chefs will hire him. Donnie Meatballs. He'll be a spokesperson. <laughs> it would be like a brand new day. Meanwhile, you have Josh Allen promoting his Josh's Jacks, starting eleven and zero. We could have mm. good times next season. Yeah, we could. But, and like we coming could. back from COVID too, potentially a full packed house. Right. Oh man, 
Are we getting too ahead of ourselves here? I, I think so because maybe it's, we listen, are. Listen, it's been what twenty games with Granado, probably, and it's or, not like they're winning all the time. Like they are right. losing, but they're not losing miserably. Right anymore, like under Kruger, it was five two, like three nothing, about, five nothing. Like we talked about last week, they are competitive. They're never out of games. They haven't looked lazy. They haven't taken a night off. They come back pretty regularly. They have not gone into their shell in the third period. They have played. They have been a competitive team. They since, don't sit on leads anymore. Correct. They don't sit on leads. They don't take plays. They don't take shifts off. What my concern is, I've been thinking this lately. Again, there's that problem of there's not a lot of different guys scoring, right? Because we're talking a lot about Thompson, Asplund, Middlestead. They're scoring a lot. Reinhardt, Reinhardt's starting to score a lot. Dalene is getting is, is scoring. Rootsalainen's got goals. Has Cousins scored Cousins scored, recently? Cousins scored in the last game 26 seconds in. I must not. I probably didn't watch that game. Hmm. Was it the, I think it was the Capitals. I, I, I've, I've missed Pitts, a lot of no, games. I missed a lot of games, unfortunately. Oh, I did miss that one. Yep, yeah. I was working during it was that. very yeah. early on. But I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just because I'm just really I only get to see the games through alerts on my phone sometimes. But I feel like, yes, it's great the young guys are scoring. It's awesome. But can the, the secondary guys now I feel like they're getting a pretty good amount of secondary scoring. Like the fourth line isn't getting anything. Also, forgot to mention Drake Kajula is making his Sabres debut. Eakin goes out for him. Shea will be the fourth-line center. I so presume Samuelson is playing Samuelson again. will probably play again. He didn't look that bad in his NHL debut. Like he, he, They paired you know, him with and Maybe he'll be Tyler Myers. I don't know Kind of skates that. like him. I don't know. He just reminds me of him size, and I don't know. He looks like a bigger guy. We haven't had a big, you know, kind of lanky, plodding I wonder if... I'm describing them in a bad way, but, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Maybe if we can get that type of player again. search Allen and Samuelson on Twitter and see if anyone has made that comparison. What's that? Comparing What's... Josh Allen to Matias Samuelson. Wait, did I say... I thought I said Tyler Myers. No, I'm... Uh, oh, oh, right. Yeah. That's your thing. Yep, that, that's your thing. Week. You're right. Yeah. The, 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 Nobody the, yet. The project guy. Nobody yet. Just wait. It's coming. But yeah, I mean it's it's a very exciting time to be a Buffalo Sabres fan. Mm-hmm. It really is. It now really imagine is. how the city will burn down if they decide. You know, Nate Lehman's our guy. I'll be really pissed off if they decide to do that. I I feel like see the advantage of going of this franchise going with what they know, promoting from within, works in their in their in their favor here in terms of. Hiring Granado. Well, Granado's going to be cheaper too. Mm-hmm. But now, does Gr- is Granado a sexy name for another team? Maybe Seattle. Like I what, don't know. Like a rebuilding team. Like he's proven to get a lot out of young players. Does a rebuilding team want to go after Granado? Like what if Anaheim is like, yeah, Dallas Eakins, you suck. We're going to go bring in Donnie Meatballs. I don't know. Or San Jose, or some someone like someone out west. Yeah, I don't know. He's not he's not a hot name yet, but I can see it happening. And I I think he's definitely gonna get the job. Like what he has done here, it's just, we haven't seen this excitement from the team in a very long time. Like legitimate reason for optimism, and there's no Eichel. 
There's no Eichel. Just wait until there is Jack Eichel. And maybe they get a, con- a contributing player coming up through their draft pick, first overall, for potentially first overall. And next next October, <laughs> opening night, just imagine the ovation at Granado. Packed house. Meatballs. 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 Just, just greeting him with a beautiful ovation. That would be wonderful. I can't wait till, you know, getting real ahead of myself, okay? But let's just say, right, he leads us to the playoffs, okay? The signs, like, remember the Pominville oh, yeah. sign? Donnie Meatballs. Put that across there on the, the big Walmart wall-looking thing in the mm-hmm. 300 section. I had a dream. Oh, this is fun. I had a dream a couple nights ago that the Sabres were in the playoffs. And it was against the Flyers. It's always against the Flyers whenever I had this dream, and they lost 5-1. And I, I was raging in my in my dream saying, what will it take for them to win a playoff game? <laughs> and uh, see if they – I mean, if they made it, I mean, just – oh, God. I'm just in this fantasy land. You ever hear that saying of, like – I mean, it used to be what do Philadelphia Eagles fans do when they win the Super Bowl? Turn off the Xbox. That used to be the old saying. Yeah. That's like so true with Sabres fans, but it's they wake up when the Sabres win the Stanley Cup. Mm. I just, uh, I just want. I'm getting my soapbox here, but I just want to watch this team. You know, get in as a as the second as the second wild the first wild card. That's fine. Let's I'm not say, asking for much. Just make the playoffs. Get in as a first wild card, and let's just have fun watching a playoff game. Let's let's get excited. You know, they. Take I don't need a long playoff run. No, I just need to get there and not break the, re- I need, the the record for the longest playoff drought in history. I need that feeling back, right? I need the the anxious waiting all day for the game to start. I need real meaningful games in March. Right, right. But you know. Maybe they will get a contributor from the draft. I know this draft gets a lot of hate, but Dylan Gunther, I don't see a reason why he can't play in the NHL next year. I don't see any reason why William Eklund can't play in the NHL next year. I don't see a reason why Matt Beneers can't play in the NHL next year. Get one of those three forwards, you might have a contributor right out of the gate. You can probably put him with Eichel, assuming they decide to go with Reinhardt at center. But also... You have center depth. You can put Reinhardt back at the wing. I know Granado likes Reinhardt at center, but you can move Reinhardt back to the wing, go with Skinner, Eichel, Reinhardt again. You have Cousins as your second-line center. You have Middlestad as your third-line center. And another thing, I mentioned this on Twitter the other day, has the ship sailed on Zemis Gergensen's playing center because they don't have a fourth-line center now that uh, Lazar is gone. Do they decide to throw Gergensen's at fourth-line center? I mean, all these questions are going to be unanswered until we see with – I mean, you can't even speculate with Garano Mm -hmm. because where does he see Gergensen's, right? There's no precedent Some people have uh, had the idea of putting Gergensen's with Eichel. And and some articles on Sabres – the Sabres blogosphere. Yes, yes. About that idea. So who knows? That could be entertaining. Could make some magic happen, as they say. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does Jack Quinn play next year? He's been heating up in Rochester. I get the impression he's a little far away. He is. I would say so. But, but. what if he comes out next year and puts up 47 points in the HL? Or, you know, does Granado get, get a, lot, a lot out of him like he has with the other young players? Who knows? 
Also, the Sabres signed uh, 2019 draft pick Lucas Rusak to a two-year entry-level contract. He had a pretty nice year in the Czech Republic, so it would be nice to get another contributor to that Rochester Amherst squad. Ooh. Could he play this year or no? Mm, I don't on know. On the Sabres, I mean. could he Not on the Sabres. Sabres. Rusak is not ready for the NHL, but I see him as being an AHL contributor at the very least, which they need more of it forward mm-hmm. because they're getting guys off the street currently. Yeah. And that's that's literal in many senses. Mm-hmm. Like Dominic Franco. I've never heard of that guy until he's suited up. See, I'm telling you, there's no way that's a real person. Ah, <laughs> uh, ooh. I feel like we're missing something. Uko Pekalukunen is probably going to start within the next couple games, so that'll be something interesting to keep track of. I hope we don't sound too fantasy land today, too high. I know, I know. Are well, we too we're high? excited. It, I think we're, no, well, no. Well, the thing is, we are reflecting the feelings, I think, of the fans. We're fans first and foremost, okay? I mean, I think there's a lot of people who are probably feeling this way. Mm-hmm. Because nobody wants to be negative when there's so much good going on with this team yeah. right now. Of course, yeah, they Nothing you know they grinds my gears more than the first thought that comes into people's minds is oh we can trade Jack Eichel now because the team looks okay, okay to good. Like, See, you that's put, like taking one step forward, two steps back. It's like when oh we drafted Casey Middlestat and he's coming up next year. Okay, now we can trade O'Reilly. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's exactly the same thing. That's how you get stuck. Yeah. In that, that limbo, that purgatory. Keep Eichel, keep Reinhardt, get rid of Oposo, get rid of Eakin, get rid of Reeder, get rid of Shehan, get rid of Ristolainen, and win some games. It's not that hard. It's not some mystery that needs to take five years to accomplish. They can make the playoffs next year, make the right moves. Mm-hmm. Don't trade Reinhardt. Don't trade Eichel. Keep what you've got that's going well. Yeah, you got a seemingly good head coach. You got a seemingly good coaching staff. Uh, Dan Girardi's not really getting a whole lot of credit here. Uh, you know, the young forwards are getting a lot of credit, and uh, the offense seems to be uh, regarded as much better. But overall, team defense is so much better mm-hmm. too. Not just from the defenseman, from the forwards. Everything, like overall, just looks so much better. Mm-hmm. No, exciting. you're right. I mean, it, it, every aspect, this can't be overstated. Every aspect of the team looks better or more entertaining. Mm-hmm. And again, we have to keep saying this, a little disclaimer. Maybe it's not saying much because of how they've played all season. But... Uh, I mean, the proof is in the eyes, right? I mean, whatever you see there, I know what I've seen. They uh, they look like a lot better hockey team than we saw uh, before Mr. Meatballs came to the helm. And are our standards low? Are they at the floor? I don't know. Maybe. But, like, my eyes tell me this is a pretty good-looking team. I think just by default, yes, they are quite low. Because they were quite literally the worst team ever. Mm-hmm. The worst team in the world they, is, your book, as, is your future book will be titled. That's right. They don't look like the worst team in the world anymore. I have to write that book. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm going to. Okay. It'll be therapeutic. But, I'm yeah, sure. they really they don't look like the worst team in the world anymore. That's right. <laughs> uh, I just 
I want to bring up that song again, okay, at the top of the show. The Meatball Man. Think of that. That's like an ode to Don Granado. That's what it sounds like. He starts out this tiny little man on the coaching staff. Then he comes up and he's seeking vengeance. He wants blood. He wants sacrifices. And I don't know. It just it gives that feeling. Again, this might just sound completely ridiculous the way we're talking about this team. But Don's a likable guy. Donnie Meatballs is a likable guy. He is. And there's legitimate excitement about him. Is, I, is he the best coach that they've had since Lindy? I, probably. I mean. He's getting the most results since Lindy. Yeah. I mean, it took him like 10 less games to get more regulation wins than Kruger had this season. They look. He's getting the job done, mm-hmm. and he deserve he he deserves the full time job. I think he does. Absolutely. You think yes. he'll get it? I think he'll get it. You know, I'm leaning towards yes, but but it's a Sabers. Do you why, ever? Why could do you ever right? truly? The only thing for certain about the Buffalo Sabers is that. Nothing is for certain. Yeah, <laughs> that's 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 how it is. Like thinking that they're gonna pick Marco Rossi. Yeah, he's correct. Available. <laughs> Great example. And there, there's always that question of, does this team really know what the fans want? And well, we'll see. I think I think just because the the trend of going with what the organization knows. They know Don Granado. He's been they trusted him enough to keep him on the staff, right? I mean, they, mm-hmm. he's the only guy from the old staff that stayed on, except for Mike Bales, of course, is here. But do you know what I was thinking about? Was Kevin gonna fire Don Granado? And he picked up the phone. Don was like, "I know what you're about to say, but I'm gonna tell you one thing." That's like a fan fiction. Right? I'm intrigued. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna tell you one thing, Kevin. If you fire me, you're making a horrible mistake. This is the worst decision you'll ever make. <laughs> Kevin, you firing me right now is going to be the kiss of death on your job in two years. And then Kevin's like, ooh, I'm listening. Tell me more, Donnie. What are you going to do? And he's like, well, first I'm going to fix Rasmus Dahlin. I'm going to fix Casey Middlestat. I'm going to fix the team. I'm going to fix the franchise. And then Kevin's like, hey, you got the job. All right. Saves us some money. It's like a movie. I wonder if that will ever come out. Was Don the guy from the beginning to be the interim coach? Well, you know what? That story will be told in the epilogue of my book <laughs> about the team finally winning the cup. Mm-hmm. I'm getting ridiculous here. Seriously. I mean, let's see how tonight goes. Let's see if they look good still. I'm interested to watch Drake Kajula. Right. Drake Kajula making his debut. Uh, let's just see how everything goes. Right. I mean, yes, we're, we're very excited right now because, I mean... Part of it, too, is just we've only ever talked about horrible hockey teams. Oh, yeah. Like, this season of the podcast has been miserable. Yeah. So spare us oh my if God. you have any complaints. Okay, Talking I mean, about Jack Eichel and rebuild, trading Jack Eichel and rebuilding the team yeah. and burning it to the ground. You think that's fun to talk about? Oh, my God. Absolutely not. So give us this one. All right. <laughs> that's my request. Mm-hmm. And I, you know what's exciting? I think we talked about this last week. There's not going to be a whole lot of turnaround from this season to next. The draft's in July. You know, then you got development camp. They've got 10 picks. Hopefully development camp will be open to the public. We can go go watch that. Go watch William Eklund tear it up and score on a bunch of chumps. It's going to be fun. I'm excited. I'm really excited for next season. Hopefully they make the right moves. 
Hopefully. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. We can only hope. Because we know what happens on the ice doesn't exactly permeate to the front office and yeah. decisions made there. But there's been a whole lot of change. And, well, I'm excited. I'm excited. I think, I I think, think they keep it up. I think everyone's excited. Yes. All right. I don't know if I've got anything else to touch on. Yeah, I don't think I do either. Quick little this was kind Tuesday of just a, podcast. Yeah, very quick little show. Thank you all for tuning in, of course. Mm-hmm. We hope you enjoyed the Dining Meatballs song. Absolutely. Uh, what a song. Oh, what a song. I was crying laughing when we first listened to it. Because <laughs> it, ju- it just it fits the storyline so well. Oh, I want to shout one thing out before we sign off. The, the latest... Draft rankings, consolidated top 32 rankings, have been released on the net. Check that out. Uh, we're going to be doing r- updated rankings every month. Our draft guide, we've been, we're going to start working on that very soon. I personally have just updated my list and now have a top 50. And I'm going to reveal my number one, William Eklund. William Eklund was our number one. Uh, on our consolidated list, I believe Curtis had him at number one as well. So that's why he ended up being number one. But the, the five of us that are working on this draft guide, uh, myself, uh, Paul Zook, uh, Curtis, I'm sorry, Curtis, I can't pronounce your last name. Starts with an S. Curtis S. Uh, Walt at uh, Saber Metrics, of course. And Austin Broad as well. We're all working on this. It's going to come out right before the draft. We're really excited about it. Austin is the man. Mm-hmm. We are lucky to have a man like him on the team. And Just when we get our phone. A and fine young professional. When, when we get our phone in the studio in August, we're going to hope that we're going to have these fine gentlemen on the podcast as well. And I'm sure once COVID loosens up, right, we could probably bring them into the... We got four mics in here. Bring now. them into the TCB studio. Yeah. We got four mics Four mics can't count out huddling around a couple, too. I mean, they're good microphones. It'll work. We can have a round table. We right. could. I, this is kind of a round table. It is. It looks like something else. I'm yes. not going to say what it looks like. But yes. It, it has a round edge to it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we can have a couple guys and in I here. And I think that would be super fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if you guys are listening... Hop in and right before the draft. We'll have a nice draft roundtable. Yeah. We'll throw out the gauntlet in the DM. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But, yeah, William Eklund, my number one. I tweeted out some stats um, today. I was like, hmm, I wonder how William Eklund's stats line up with other draft-eligible players out of Sweden over the course of the last 20, 30 years. Now you look at it. I did leave out some players, like Robert Nilsson had pretty good numbers. He was drafted in the 2000s. But the Sedin Twins are number one and two. Daniel had 42 points, 21 goals. Uh, Henrik Sedin, 12 goals, 34 points. Elias Lindholm had really good draft year production in Sweden, 11 goals, 30 points. Nick Backstrom, 10 goals, 31 points. Then William Eklund, 11 goals, 23 points. You know who's behind William Eklund? Victor Hedman, Rasmus Dahlin, Marcus Nasland, Peter Forsberg, Alexander Holtz, Lucas Raymond. And this guy's ranked sixth by Bob McKenzie from, from the scout poll. It is mind-boggling. If this guy played at the World Juniors and didn't get COVID, I think he'd be the consensus number one pick. You guys have an excellent track record with this stuff, too. I mean, 
the coverage is outstanding, I must say. It's very easy to follow for someone like me who just doesn't have the time to track all those guys. So and check I, it out. These guys do a great job. It's it's a good draft. Mm-hmm. At the top, at least. Like, yeah, there's no Alexi Lafreniere. But I think William Acklin is just as good as Tim Stutzla. And you could have made an argument for him being the number two pick. And now you can probably make a case for him being the number one pick in hindsight. I don't know. I When draft classes get a lot of, of flack, I just think it's ridiculous. Because remember, 2017 got a lot of hate, too. And that was a draft class Nico Heischer. And that wound up being... I mean, it's shaping up to be one of the nicest-looking... Miro Heiskanen, Kale McCarr, Elias Pettersson, Middlestat now. Perhaps. Gabe Velarde. Like, there's some really good players out of that 2017 draft class. 2014 was another draft that was called weak. Uh, Aaron Eckblad, uh, Reinhardt, Bennett, who didn't really live up to expectations, Leon Dreisaitl. Like, yeah, maybe they're not all deep, but... Just because it's not an overly deep, deep draft doesn't mean that, oh, we got to trade the first-round pick. Like, yeah, hopefully they don't pick Owen Power. I hope they don't win the lottery because I think they could get Eklund with the third, fourth, or fifth pick. Eklund's my guy. Dylan Gunther would be a great piece. I think the thought of the Dylans together, Dylan Cousins and Dylan Gunther on the same line, lots of speed, grit, jam, mm-hmm. scoring. Mm. That would be nice. Mm-hmm. Little Western Canadian line there. Uh, and also Matt Beniers, who was the favorite of Sabres Twitter, would be fantastic as well. Yeah, that's all I got to say for the draft. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, that's You know, that's exciting too is that the team started out so bad that now we can watch them play good and not have to worry about losing the draft position. Because mm-hmm. they, they pretty much firmly locked up the, the, the bottom – Spot. They're probably no. Th- how many points out of thirtieth are they? Well, I know that Detroit isn't doing as bad as New Jersey is in like a downward spiral right now. I know that. Oh yeah, New Jersey in the second last. They have a game in hand on Buffalo, but Buffalo's three points back. Mm. Yeah, and then Anaheim after that, and Ottawa. I'm not concerned though about. You know, anywhere within the top four if is they're fine picking by me. in the if they finish in the bottom five, they're going to get an unbelievably talented hockey player. And maybe it'll be a defenseman. Like, yeah, they have holes all over the place in their pipeline. Like, they could use a goalie. There's two good goalies in this draft. Jesper Wallstedt, who he is regarded in the same light as a Spencer Knight and Yaroslav Askarov. Sebastian Kosa, he's six foot six, really talented goalie in Edmonton, who he's ranked fourteenth by Bob McKenzie. So there's two goalies ranked in the top fifteen. So this is a really good goalie draft class as well. And yeah, maybe they pick a goalie. I hope they don't pick a goalie. I remember I threw out the idea of picking Wallstedt when uh it looked like the Sabres are probably gonna pick eight, nine, or ten, but I wouldn't pick him in the top five. Uh, a defenseman, like, yeah, they do have a lot of young defensemen, but they don't have a lot of right-shot defensemen. And you look at a guy like Brant Clark, he would make sense. They're they're going to lose Jake McCabe, probably. So maybe they opt to go get a Luke Hughes or a Owen Power, potentially. Like, yeah, I could see them picking any of these guys at the top. 
I like Owen Power more than a lot of people in the scouting community on Twitter. I think he's going to be a really, really good player. I wouldn't pick him in the top three, but I think Owen Power is going to be a hell of a hockey player in the NHL. I haven't watched enough of Simon Edvinson, who's tied for second in Bob McKenzie's ranks, but he seems like an interesting player to keep an eye out for. The world under-18s are coming up as well, so I'm, I'm excited to keep track of that. No Matt Beneers, though. He's not playing. Uh, there's another high-profile guy who won't be playing. I'm not sure. I can't put my finger on it. But, yeah. Well, there is a fun slate of Sabres hockey and international hockey then awaiting us once uh, things get done here for the regular season for the NHL. But the Sabres still have a few games left. Hopefully they can keep the ride going. They have 11 games left. 11 games left. Keep it going for a little while. Finish strong. Build up that optimism across the whole fan base going into the next season. And uh, I'm confident they might be able to carry it over. See what kind of moves you can make in free agency. Like you're saying, if the draft draftee could chip into next year, it's always a possibility. Probably so. you don't want them to be here next year, but if they are, maybe they contribute. Yeah, I don't see Indeed. why not. Yeah, yeah, okay. Thank you for listening to the Charging Buffalo Podcast, live from the renovated Charging Buffalo Podcast studio. Uh, they. Big things coming here. We're getting soundproof walls. We're getting a phone in August, apparently now. We're getting potentially a new glass door. It's going to be great. We're going big league here. It's going to be Eventually, great. we're going to be doing live streams so you can tune in live, ask us questions. Shoot I can't wait for two. that. That's going to be exciting, but we're going to yeah. wait until this space is more presentable to an audience. So That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's still some cleanup that should be done. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, thanks Thanks for listening. We appreciate all the feedback that we get. You can follow Charging Buffalo on Twitter and Instagram at the Charging Buff. Follow our prospect coverage, which will be heating up, as I've been saying, at Future of the 716. You can follow us on Twitter as well. Joe TCB NHL LVKETCB. As always, we appreciate each and every one of you. You can follow this, the podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, search for the podcast. Leave us a rating, too. I think we've got a five-star rating right now, so we appreciate that. Yeah, so hope you enjoyed, and we'll see you next week.